y'all in the building, make some noise! Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go! Wow. Tulahi will broadcast too. I promise you guys, I stepped away from the mic just for a second and then that happened. But I told her, I was like, oh, well, bruh, I'm not even about to um, edit that out. So congratulations, you made the podcast. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I miss you guys. I always miss you guys. You know, I'll be out here hustling, doing my thing, moving, shaking this venue, that event, you know, trying to progress in life. Alhamdulillah. But, you know, I'm trying to get these podcasts in whenever I can. And today I'm doing a special edition of Don't Hate On My Hijab. Today we're doing a Q&A, the questions and answers. And I told my Facebook friends, because I posted this on Facebook, I said, I'm going to answer whatever question you throw at it throw at me no matter like how outlandish how crazy and you know a lot of the questions from the guys they were personal you know what I'm saying but um I'm going to answer them anyway Kurt, I can't ever do that right I was trying I'll be like oh Kurt oh that was bad that was even worse but okay one more time one more time oh Kurt I don't know it just don't sound right right I think I sound like a person about to get into a car accident like, they're trying to avoid hitting a raccoon or something, and they just, oh, Kurt! <laughs> That's me. That's my Cardi B. Okay, Astashvila, how do you know about Cardi B, Sister Diamond? I don't know. I don't know. Bismillah. Anyway, let's get to this Q&A right quick. Okay, I'm going to start off light. Because they dropped some heavy questions on me. You know what I'm saying? And I tried to look for Quranic evidence. I tried to look up hadiths and rulings and all kinds of stuff. Um, on a lot of the questions that were thrown at me. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. But you know, one thing I have to, I have to drop this disclaimer. I'm always dropping disclaimers, okay? I'm going to drop this one. I am me. Me am I, and that is called Ebonics, okay? But anyway, <laughs> I'm not a scholar. I have never pretended to be. I have never tried to present myself as a scholar. I'm just getting my, giving my opinions on a lot of things. Um, I did not grow up a Muslim. I did not grow up in a Arabic country. I grew up in West Oakland, California, okay? So my lifestyle was a little different than a lot of the brothers and sisters who ha- grew up. Muslim and places like Egypt, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, um, you know, Yemen or whatever. Like a lot of their their forms of Islam is a little different than ours. You know, I'm from the United States. I'm from Cali. You know, a lot of us Cali sisters and Philly sisters, we've both from the United States, but we a little different. You know, it, it's demographics in this whole situation. It changes the aspect of your Islam. But the one thing we try to focus on, we do try to focus on the, the Quranic evidence, you know, um, 
and and the pillars of Islam and some of the hadiths. And I say some because some of the hadiths I've read personally are so outlandish that I'm like, you know, they said, you know, if the hadith follows the teachings of the Quran, alhamdulillah, you should follow them. If it's just so outlandish and there really isn't no Quranic evidence to coincide with that hadith, then you really don't have to uh, follow it or whatever, you know. But alhamdulillah, we do have scholars that are available to help guide us along the way. So when I'm, I'm you know, giving my opinion on a lot of these situations, it's mainly from, you know, my life experiences and people who I know sisters in Islam, brothers in Islam who I know who have been in these situations and, you know, they've told me how they handle it. So sometimes I'm sharing, you know, just life's lessons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put upon us to help us get a better understanding of the situations. And, you know, I just take it from there. You know, I follow my heart a lot. You know, I follow my heart and try to match that with the Quran. And, you know, inshallah, one day I'll be like the bombest Muslim ever. You know what I'm saying? But every day, alhamdulillah, I'm growing closer and closer to Allah and Islam. Like I said, I've only been Muslim for about three and a half, four years. You know, alhamdulillah, in December, I have my my shahada anniversary, shahada anniversary. Hey, you know what I'm saying? So, I well, let's get to these questions. All right. So, I'm going to start off light because it's always easier to start off light. Now, most of the guys, like I said, you know, they always be on the personal stuff. And um, so, we're going to just roll with it. Like I said, I'm going to answer these questions no matter what. And that's what I'm going to do. So, okay. Um. The first question, obviously, was sent from my brother. Okay. Okay. It was sent from my brother. And he was like, why do you rather be single when it's haram? And there are plenty of single Muslim men out there. Okay. <clears throat> Forgive me for the sniffles, number one. I have a cold. Okay. And I was laughing and crying. And you know what happens when you laugh and cry. Okay. My daughter be cutting up. But anyway. The question again, why do you rather be single when it's haram and there are plenty of single Muslim men out there? The reason why I have been single for so long, because I left my ex-husband in 2014, right? And um, I had a difficult marriage. Um, the beginning was beautiful, but isn't the beginning always beautiful? Um, there were a lot of red flags in my relationship that I ignored, and I continued to be in that situation. At the time, I was not Muslima. I was a Christian, and uh, I do know if I was Muslim at the time, I probably would have ne never married him, um, but my marriage, towards the end, um, I was physically abused and emotionally abused, and um, because of the trials and tribulations I went through, you know, towards the end of my marriage, I feel like I don't want to rush into another situation. I would rather get to know my future husband and um, I don't want to rush. You know, I know in Islam, we don't date. We just get married. I, in my heart, do not feel like I am capable of just marrying someone. I have to at least court him and get to know him before I marry him. I don't want to just meet you on Tuesday, marry you on Thursday. I'm sorry. It's But I want to know the men I love. I do want to actually love the men that I marry. Um I just, I don't want to rush. I can't rush. My heart has been through a lot. And, you know, I did try try um, going through a situation. But because of another question that someone asked, asked me, I'm not even going to get into that right now. But the reason why I'm still single is because I cannot mentally um, 
marry someone who I don't know because I've been through so much. And I knew my ex-husband for at least five years before I married him, but we had only been in a relationship for two years. And like I said, I was not Muslim at the time. I was Christian. Okay, so um, I just, I cannot mentally allow myself to marry a stranger. Um, so that's why I'm still single. Okay, um, another light question, even though that was a little bit heavy. Let's see, try to, okay. A sister um, asked me a question in reference to taking off your hijab for work, and what are my thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is from my experiences, okay? Wearing a hijab um, in certain situations, like if you're working in the public, it can be so stressful, Um me personally, my worst experiences wearing a hijab at work is was driving public transportation, driving a bus um, for a small town in, called Stockton, um, where I was residing. Um, I got harassed every day. I got cursed out every day, humiliated every day, discriminated against by my management every day, ridiculed every day, threatened every day. Um, I was treated horribly. A lot of times I will leave work crying. A lot of times I dreaded going to work. Okay, let's recant, recant that. Every day I dreaded going to work. Uh, most of the time when I prayed Madrid, when I got home from work, it was with tears coming down my face. I absolutely understand the struggles that a woman go through, a hijabi go through, wearing a hijab in a workplace. Because I experienced the worst of it. My daily my daily, you know, operations at work was a jihad, okay? It was spiritual warfare against me every single day. So I absolutely know what it's like to be in, you know, to go through that in a workplace. Um, there are a lot of jobs who don't even trip off your hijab. They just, you know, they judge me, judge you by who you are. But certain places, like the town that I lived in, they were just ignorant toward hijabis, period. Just absolutely ignorant. You know, I was called terrorists. I was calling every, I was called every word that was not a blessing. Like, I was, I was called horrible things. I was treated horribly all because I chose to cover my hair, you know. So I understand when a sister chooses to support their family and take off the hijab. I understand. I'm not judging you. So that's what I'm saying to answer that question. I, I would not judge any sister who chose to take off her hijab to support her family. Because if you are an unmarried woman, I me personally, I tell to this day, I don't have no husband to protect me. I have brothers, but my brothers are busy doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have anyone to protect me. And I know what I went through. I know the pain. I know this fear. Fear. Absolute fear. When you have a, a grown man, a drunken man, you know, in your face threatening you, cursing you out, that is fear. And you don't have no one there to protect you. Sister, I understand your situation. All I have to say is make dua to Allah that he puts you at a job where wearing a hijab would not affect your safety. That's all I have to say. You know, if you choose to take off your hijab so that you can provide for your family because you do not have a husband providing for you, I am not judging you at all. That's all I got to say about that. You know, um, another light question, even though it's not really light. Uh, what is the scariest situation you've been in when wearing a hijab? I kind of just explained all that. <laughs> My scariest situation, I was driving a bus and a drunk white dude got on the bus and um, he started talking mess. Um, it was around the time that Nancy Reagan died, all right? 
And he was like, it shouldn't have been Nancy Reagan. It should have been Michelle Obama. And, you know, he was saying all kinds of racially motivated stuff. And um, he ended up getting in my face, and he threatened me, and he cussed me out. And, you know, I was scared. I'm trying to drive a bus, and while I'm trying to drive a bus to focus on the road, this white man is yelling at me at the top of my lungs, calling me all kinds of terrorists and devils and demons, and he's going to beat me up, and he's going to rob me, and he's going to do this and do that. I was scared. That was the scariest situation I've ever been. I actually have a video on Facebook talking about this situation. I'm actually crying on the video. It was horrible. I'm telling you, that job, wearing a hijab, doing public transportation, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. And alhamdulillah, right now I'm at a job where I don't have none of them problems and I'm actually making twice or triple the amount of money that I was making at that other job. Alhamdulillah, all praises due to Allah. Subhanahu wa Allah for blessing me and my family and getting me out of that horrific situation. So that was the worst situation. All right, um... I'm going to actually read this whole um, email that was sent to me, this whole message. And like I said, I apologize for the sniffles, but I kind of got a cold. But I still wanted to record this um, podcast and get it all in. You know what I mean? Um, because I want to I wanna do this weekly if I can. So the question was, and y'all, this is heavy. This is a tough one, okay? But I did try to look up Quranic evidence as well as Hadiths or whatever. And, you know, the rulings from the scholars to, <laughs> why am I talking so loud though, right? Because <laughs> it's a heavy question. Okay, why is masturbation haram? My cat is over here stealing my hijab, like literally biting it, trying to take it from me. Aria, Astashvila, Aria, that's not yours. Aria, that's not yours. Anyway, okay. Why is masturbation haram? Dear sis, assalamu alaikum. I'm a single woman, and someone mentioned to me that masturbation is haram. I honestly don't understand why, especially since it is a, a way for people to prevent the, uh, the act of fornication. Please help me with Quranic evidence. All right, sister. Let's get to this. Um, I did try to find some Quranic evidence. I could not really honestly find some. And I probably get some emails that people's going to argue with me about this. Uh, but I'm going to read what I found on the internet. All right. And this is from um, Sheikh Hussein Saeed. It says, uh, masturbation or self-satisfaction that has been referred to as masturbation or in religious text means doing something to discharge the sperm from the body. First of all, you're a woman, so you can't discharge sperm. Um so, I don't know. Um, this can be done by touching your body, watching sexual scenes, pictures, movies, or reading sexual content in books, stories, and novels, or listening to sexual materials, tapes, telephone conversations, or thinking about sexual matters in order to discharge the sperms. You're a woman. You don't have sperms. That's all I got to say about that. In either ways, this is haram and considered a cardinal sin. This is what Sheikh Hussein Saeed is saying. Um, the best way to avoid masturbation and self-satisfaction is legal marriage, permanently or temporary, under special conditions stipulated in part of, uh, practical articles. If marriage is not possible, one can use the following recommendations. Decide firmly to avoid masturbation. Mm-hmm. Avoid watching any type of pictures or movies in sexual nature. Be careful when you choose your friends. Do not choose the type of people who enforce you to do this. Avoid making 
illegal friends with the opposite sex. Avoid dreaming. I don't know how you're going to do that. Me personally, I have never decided to dream. Maybe he's saying daydreaming. Maybe he's talking about daydreaming. But I have never been able to regulate if I'm dreaming. You know, if I'm going to dream today or tomorrow or whatever. But it says, avoid dreaming and try to make yourself busy with good things, such as reading books, non-sexual ones. So stay out of the erotica aisle. Heavy exercises, that do work. I can't lie. If you exercise, go to the gym, pump it out, that can work. Moreover, remember that idleness can lead you to anything. If possible, try not to be alone anywhere, personally. That would not work for me. I am a single mom. I only have two kids. One of them is in college. The other one is with his daddy right now. So I can easily be alone. I sleep by myself in my room. Sometimes my cat sleep on my bed. But that would be very hard for me. Fasting can be quite helpful in controlling your internal desires and strengthening your will. 100, 100, 100. Fasting work. That's all I got to say about that. There is really Fasting is the best thing I can say. If you cannot fast, do not eat a lot or at least do not overload your stomach when you want to sleep. I don't understand what eating a lot can do to lead you to leading, like dreaming about masturbation, like food porn or something. I don't know. Gosh, I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash from my comments, Terry, on this. But I just think that a lot of his I think a lot of this stuff is outlandish. I can't lie, I can't lie, I can't lie. But anyway, I'm going to keep reading, I'm going to keep reading. Okay. Keep your urinary bladder empty at all times. True. Sometimes when you got to tinkle, it makes you feel other stuff. All right. Read some books before going to sleep at night and never sleep on your front. Mm-hmm. That might actually work. All right. Having sexual relationship with a, a woman other than your wife, permanent or temporary, is haram in any way. The sin has different levels, and there are different punishments. For it, for example, adultery is more sinful, sinful than kissing a woman who is, not in, who is not intimate. However, we cannot take this as a green light to commit an evil which is less sinful. All right, some of the um, Quranic evidence they tried to use in order to say masturbation is haram is uh, Al-Isra, um, The Night Journey. Um, 1732 and do not come near adultery it is immoral and an evil sin okay I still don't understand how that refers to masturbation because you're not actually with another person you're just with yourself so I still don't understand how that Quranic evidence coincides with you can't masturbate the other one they said is and uh, 24 and nor the light. 24-2. The adulteress and the adulterer whip each one of them a hundred lashes and let no pity towards them overcome your regarding Allah's law. If you believe in Allah in the last day and let a group of believers witness their punishment. Okay. I still personally, and I'm not trying to be disobedient or anything. I don't see how that coincides with why masturbation is haram. All right. Um, This is probably the most ratchet um, podcast I've done to date. However, I'm going to give my viewpoints on masturbation. 
I will drop a disclaimer again. I am not a scholar. I'm just me. I personally feel, this is personally, I'm not a scholar, okay? I'm not a scholar. I'm not, I'm not. I personally feel masturbation is way better than fornication. I know that self-pleasuring yourself can prevent you from pleasuring dude over there who you are not married to, okay, sis? Like, I, I just, you know, I personally do not feel like the Quranic evidence, I don't know, but it don't really say self-pleasuring. It does say adultery. I don't understand. If you're not married, how is pleasuring yourself an act of adultery? I just, and you don't have sperm. Yeah, sometimes women drop a little something, 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 whatever. But, I mean, it's not sperm. You're not really, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know. To me, the Quranic evidence don't really meet it. And a lot of the stuff he was saying that suggests how you can avoid masturbating, it just, it ain't cut it for me. So, sis, don't fornicate. That's all I got to say about that. In reference to why is masturbation haram, just don't fornicate. All right? <laughs> Dang, I'm hood. I'm so ghetto. Whatever. This is going to definitely be the rest of this <laughs> podcast I've done, to you. I've done today. All right, this question was sent from a guy. I ain't dropping no names. I should. I'm going to start dropping names. I don't care. I'm savage. I'm about to start dropping names. I'm lying. Stash for life, forgive me. I ain't dropping no names because I want y'all to keep sending these questions, right? This question, can my cousin be my co-wife? Okay, I didn't say that right. I didn't say that right. Okay, let me try again. Dear sister, can my cousin be my co-wife? <laughs> Because that sounds like a country bumpkin question. I'm sorry, brother. I'm not judging you. I'm not. I'm not judging you. <laughs> but I'm about to answer your question, though. Um, gosh, I, I'm telling This is fun. This is a lot of fun to me. Okay. 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 Can my cousin be my co-wife? Co-wife. Co-wife. All right. So here is um what I found. In reference to that, alhamdulillah, all praises to Allah. There is no objection whatsoever in the Islamic religion for a man to marry any of his relatives except al-maharim, those forbidden for marriage, whom Allah mentioned in Surat al-Nisa 4.23. Prohibited to you for marriage are your mothers, daughters, sisters, fathers, sisters, mothers, sisters, brothers, daughters, sisters, daughters, foster mothers who breastfed you, foster sisters who breastfed um, from the same woman as you, your wives, mothers, your stepdaughters under your guardianship, born to your wives um, with whom you have no consummation marriage, no pro- prohibition if ye have not consumed, uh, consummated. Uh, those who have been wives of your sons proceeding from your loins and uh, two sisters in wedlock at one the same time, except for uh, what is past, for Allah is oft forgiving, most merciful. Um, thus, for Allah mentioned for us, the relatives in whom marriage is forbidden, we then come to know uh, that there is no objection. Oh, man, he sniffles. For the remainder of the family relations. Furthermore, there is no condition that um, it be the last resort. 
as indicated in the question. Among, among the most prominent evidence of this fact is uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, married his daughter, Fatima, to Ali. May Allah be pleased with him. And he is the son of her uh, father's uncle, as well as the marriage of the Prophet himself to Zainab bint Jash. May Allah be pleased with her. And she is his aunt's daughter, his cousin. And uh, there are many other such examples. Okay, so you can marry your cousin. But in my family, we don't marry cousins. <laughs> we just, you know, that's, um, I'm from the United States. Um, and... Uh, I grew up in Oakland. Like I said, a bunch of times, and uh, we don't marry our cousins. We still kind of consider that incest. But um, per Quranic evidence, um, it is not haram to marry your cousin. But we just don't do it. But do you, boo? Go ahead. Do you. Okay. Um, here's another question. Alhamdulillah, all these questions are juicy. Please help. Assalamu alaikum, sis. Actually, I'm lying. She was like, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, sis. My husband is addicted to porn and it is affecting our marriage. It's to the point where he'd rather watch porn than be intimate with me. I love my Zouj, but I'm not sure if I can take the hurt and rejection caused by his addiction. That's hard. That's hard. That is really hard because on one hand, you're being neglected. Um, if your husband rather watch porn instead of giving you attention and affection and all that stuff, you've been neglected. But at the same time, I have to ask you other questions. Um, is he providing for you? Is he giving you the financial and physical security that you need like i would say do the pros and cons of your relationship is he fulfilling all his other oblig obligations towards you is he going to the masjid is he studying from the quran etc etc i would also say that um you should definitely seek marital counseling um see if your husband can get help get help with his addiction um because um it is so hard to find a good man, sis, period. It's so hard to find a good husband. I understand you're being neglected. And for that, I really would hope that your husband will acknowledge that he has an addiction, acknowledge that he need help, acknowledge that you exist. And what I mean by that, he have to look at you and know that he's hurting you with his addiction. But he's going to have to seek the help for himself to want to better himself and to you know get help for his addiction a lot of men when it comes to their porn addictions they don't want to admit it that it's a problem and they definitely too embarrassed to seek help but alhamdulillah we have masjids we have wakils walis imams we have so many people who can guide us and help us in these situations so due to the fact that it is so hard to find a good man you know, so do the pros and cons of relationship. A lot of sisters are getting physically abused by their husband, emotionally abused. But, I mean, kind of neglect and rejection is a form of emotional abuse, so I do understand. But um, a lot of people have zoologists who are drug addicted, beating them up. Um, they're adulterers, you know. So in this situation, because of the fact that you mainly just said it's a porn addiction, I do, you know, you didn't say it was any other factors, regarding your marriage that um, is stressing you right now. So you have hope. You have hope, sis. 
So my uh, suggestion, seek help at the masjid. Um, seek help with counselors, marital counseling, to try to um, help your husband with his addiction. Also, you know, um, go to the rug. Pray, you know. Um, pray that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, give you the strength and cleanse your husband of his addiction. You know, but more so, don't skip out on a counseling. Counse counseling can be an extremely useful tool when... Um, helping us in our marriages in a situation like that. I didn't have counseling in my marriage. Instead, my ex-husband just told his side of the story to everybody in the family. <laughs> just spread our business all over the streets, you know. Um, and he said, we don't need counseling or whatever. But my marriage is horrible. So, you know, um, your husband's porn addiction is not as heavy as my marital problems were. So you have hope. And um, remember that. You know, you have to exhaust all options before you choose to walk away from a marriage, especially if your husband is giving you everything else that you need. So um, make sure you, you utilize the people who are available at the masjid um, and see if you can help save your situation and see if you can help cleanse your husband of his, addic his addiction, okay? All right, that was a good one. Um, clicks in the masjid. Assalamu alaikum, dear sis. I've been attending a beautiful masjid uh, in the Baltimore area. I love to hear the uh, khutbah and juma, and um, juma is always a blessing for me. However, I feel disconnected from a lot of the sisters. I'm African American, and a lot of the, uh, the uh, sisters are Arab. At times, my feelings are hurt because, despite the fact that I'm not fluent in Arabic, Al-Arabia, I understand a lot of it, and they're often making racially motivated insults about me in their language. Like I said, I love the masjid, but I'm starting to feel bullied. Sis, I understand your pain, because I've been through that before. Um, I've, I personally, I've, I went to halal markets and was treated horribly i didn't get no salams they were talking about me i went to masters they were talking about me you know um i've noticed when you go to a masjid and it's predominantly um people of arabic descent um they just click they do click together and i've noticed that the sisters the african-american sisters they just flock to each other. We just do. You know, um, I don't think I've ever felt bullied to that point, but I've definitely, you know, had my feelings hurt. Um, it's to the point where I don't even go to a lot of halal markets. I buy my meat, um, my halal meat in bulk. Because, like, going to the halal market all the time, you're paying, an over, you're, you're paying for overpriced meat, number one, in my area. And they don't even give you salams. They don't even, they don't even give you respect. You know, so a lot of times, I, sis, I understand what you're going through. Um, I, I will say, you know, try to find a way to not let their ignorance, because it's ignorance, and they're sinning. They're backbiting. That's a sin, you know. Um, and the angels are writing that down. And I hope they know that, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I think you want to have to weigh your options. Do you have another master in your area where you can, you know, enjoy Juma? Um, is there any way you could ignore it? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
is the kutba, you know, worth you stand through their insults? I mean, I think it's a lot of factors in that situation. You know, a lot of times um, I would just read the Quran at home. I pray, you know, I pray at home and all that. But I can't lie. Alhamdulillah, the blessings I receive when I go to the masjid are just irreplaceable. You know, they're so pure. And, you know, I, 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 I just ignore the sisters. I can't lie. I just ignore their insults or whatever because I know for a fact that the things they're saying about me can never compare to what I experienced working that job, driving that bus, you know. Those insults, cursing me out, threatening me to my face and all that, calling me terrorists and devils and all that, that hurt. So a lot of times because I've had greater pain than the stuff they send, like the stuff they be saying to me be Twinkies. It'd be like cupcakes because compared to the other stuff, the other insults that I've, you know, heard because I'm a hijabi. So, you know, I, I would just say, you know, I mean, because me personally, I remember, you know, during um, Ramadan, I went to um, Tarawih. Um, and, uh, oh, alhamdulillah, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful, the experience, you know. Um, and I... I I think it was worth it. I honestly think it was worth it. So just do your pros and cons, sis. But at any point in time, if you truly feel bullied on that level and going to the masjid hurt more than it helped, find a new masjid or just, you know, make you a home a home mosque, a home masjid. And, you know, and, and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you understanding, increase your sabr, taqwa, and barakah, and uh, inshallah, you'll be able to find a new master and, and, you know, continue to strengthen yourself as a Muslim. Okay. 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 All right. All right. All right. We about to end this episode. Okay. But let me tell y'all a situation I went through recently. So, um, someone had me, you know, do a speech at an event, right? <laughs> And, you know, back in the day when um, I wasn't that knowledgeable about Islam, I got I got offended easily. You know what I mean? But now that I've read the Hadiths, I've read the Quran so many times, I've read the Book of the Prophets, I've read books about um, the Prophet Muhammad. So I have a, a, a so much of a wider understanding of Islam that I'm not easily offended anymore, you know. So at the event, I was like one of the only Muslims, right? And they wanted to me to do like a little speech thing or whatever, right? And, uh, you know, in order to lighten the situation, this is just what popped off. I promise you. I, I just, you know. Um, so I go to the podium, right? And uh, everybody's just staring at me because they're mostly Christian, you know. They're just staring at me. And I was just like, I know what you're thinking. Do I have bean pies for sale? Yes, I do. They're in the lobby for $10. I got bean pies, carrot pies, sweet potato pie. I got all your pies available to you for sale in the lobby. And assalamu alaikum. <laughs> I promise you. I be doing goofy stuff for no reason. You know, they thought it was hilarious. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, sometimes I just be like lightening this whole situation or whatever. But, uh. You know, that's just something that happened to me recently. I don't even know why I decided to share that. But, you know, it's just a lot of times uh, I just, you know, I just I don't take things personally no more. Because, you know, they already judge you or whatever because you Muslim in a whole room full of Christians. So you either sell bean pies, cook bean pies, or I don't know, you know. <laughs> but that just happened to me. So stop hating on my hijab. 
All right? I had to say that. All right? Because that was a stop hating on my hijab situation. But, you know, I just, I didn't even let it get to that. I just went on it and dropped the little bomb or whatever. But anyway, I want to hear a song. So I guess I'm about to uh, play the full Wrap My Hijab because I just gave y'all a taste of it at the beginning. I'm going to um, close it off with that because uh, I do love that song. And with that being said, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I love y'all for the sake of Allah. Masalama. What the hair look like? Bet the hair look nice. Don't that make you sweat? Don't that feel too tight? Yo, what your hair look like? Bet your hair look nice. How long your hair is? You need to get your life. You only see Oriental. You steady working that dental. You popping up at the lip and run your mouth like a treadmill. Not your exotic vacation. I'm bored with your fascination. I need that PayPal, PayPal, PayPal if you want education. All around the world, love women every shade of Ladies, we was born in the 80s, so pretty like the Euphrates and party like some Kuwaitis, deeper than some diplomas, current like some hot yoga, taking back the misnomers and teleporting through trauma, teleporting through trauma, teleporting through trauma. I've been stacking my karma, Nefertiti, no drama, make a feminist planet, woman haters get banished, covered up or not, don't ever take us for granted. All around the world, love women every shade of These hippies, these prissies, these sufis, these dreadies, these sunnies, these shiris, Yemenis, Somalis, Lebanese, Pakistanis, these Sudis, Sudanis, Iraqis, Punjabis, Afghanis, Yazidis, Khadijis, Indonesians, Egyptians, Canadians, Algerians, Nigerians, Americans, Libyans, Tunisians, Palestinians, hidden beyond the Mekong and Laos, Senegalese, and Burkina Faso. podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.